0: Hello world, Kim and Megan here And we want to thank you for joining us today As we are again doing Mr. Rogers Each week, Megan and I watch an episode of the ever insightful And still entertaining Mr. Rogers neighborhood And we have a fun and open conversation about the enlightening things we learned in our episodes And how they make us reflect on our lives and the world around us today This week's episodes are from 1999 excuse me, 1991, where Mr. Rogers talks about helping in his episode from 1999 called When Things Get Broken. So as always, you can find these links to our episodes or to the to these episodes on our website at doingmrrogers.com. Megan, would you like to start? Hey, Kim. Sure.
1: <laughs> so I watched the episode about helping, which it sounds like a really great title, Mr. Rogers Talks About Helping. Um, But as in every episode, they touched on a lot of things that were kind of random Um, long story short. They go to a restaurant and show kids like what goes on in the back of a restaurant and how people do things and wash your hands and big refrigerators and all that kind of stuff. So that was actually a good half of the whole episode. Um, What it really gets decent is when they go to make believe land and Lady Aberlin, I finally confirmed her name.
0: <laughs> I liked Lady A. I thought you'd just stick with yeah. her. <laughs> I'm going to stick with
1: Lady A, but just if anyone, I know people were nailed, this was a nail biter, but we
0: got we got a lot of mail and a lot of phone calls people were at my house about this. That's I true. know, yeah. I wanted to sort it out. It's A <laughs> Berlin, like Aberlin. Oh, uh
1: so so human a, Lady A is hanging with her aunt who is the queen who's a puppet. And um they're just talking, but all of a sudden there's this huge wind blowing everything up in the air. Um, and they get they twirl around, they don't know what's going on. She says she's gonna go investigate it. And then she finds out it's coming from her neighbor's house, whose name is Lady Al Alleline, Alanine, which I think that's confusing for kids because it's confusing for me. Just call Lady B like start with a new name with a new letter. But anyway. <laughs> Um, this neighbor lady, other neighbor, Lady A, um, it has 20 vacuum hoses in her, around her house, wow. sticking straight out of her yard and mm-hmm. sucking air out of the whole neighborhood. So <sighs> Lady Averling is like, what's up with the vacuums? And she goes, well, I'm, I'm helping clean up the world by vacuuming everything. <laughs> She's like, in fact, I want to get rid of everything, even these vacuums. So she says, like abracadabra, and the vacuums disappear. So she's says she's helping the world, right? And she's kind of like a little bit of a crotchety character, character. She kind of has attitude sometimes, and she's she's pushing some attitude during this whole thing. So Lady A, the human, says, Well, wait a minute. You called taking away all the vacuums and sucking air out helping, and the puppet replies, "Yes, I want all the vacuums so I can clean up everything and I can be the boss of all the vacuums in the world, and that's how I'm helping." So um, the human lady A replies, "Like, uh, why? It sounds like you just really want to control everything. Are you scared of them? It doesn't really sound like you're helping." And then the li- li- then the little angry vacuum puppet says. Uh, because I want to, so there and runs away. That's basically it. They close out the episode. Um, it goes back to Mr. Rogers and um, he's he asked the television, the kids of the television, do you think Lady Aline is ailing or whatever the puppet is collecting the vacuum? So well he says vacuum sweepers. That's another thing. They said vacuum sweepers this whole time. Was that a thing? I don't know. That sounds weird. It should be just vacuum. But um, she he says, Do you think she's collecting the vacuums so she can help people or because she's afraid of them? And then he just like he, he just says, Okay, we'll talk about that next time, then he makes himself the sandwich and the episode's over. We're <laughs> left.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean like sometimes these episodes just
0: happen like that he's, he's calling this one in i guess i don't know yeah
1: like maybe he went out for some drinks the night before and just needed to like go <laughs> up and do something we've all been there
0: yes we have
1: that's right so i don't know like what it would have got me thinking about or just what kind of triggered my thoughts during it was the idea of helping and people wanting to help but maybe mm. misguided or selfish in their helping. um you know, when you're, you're part of, I'm part of a community group in a new neighborhood, and I'm starting to get new organizations, get to know new organizations, because I recently moved to a new city, and um, it's interesting just to see how people think they can help. Um, I think there's a couple threads of problems I've seen that I've seen in Chicago and now here, it's just a universal thing, but the intent can be there to help, but sometimes it's misplaced. And instead of actually helping, they're just pushing their agenda of or their idea of helping onto people for their own benefit. So a quick example of that is like back in Chicago, a local church wanted to help feed kids in a neighborhood, kids who don't regularly have food. So they promoted this whole free dinner event and like everyone in the neighborhood was excited and contributed food. And I was there and my boyfriend, and we were like, okay, this is going to be great. But once we got there, they literally locked you in the church. So you had to listen to their sermon while you ate. So it was totally offensive. It's like, okay, they literally used food for hungry kids as bait to save souls. Well, so
0: yes, go ahead.
1: It totally, it it grossed me out. It upset some people there and I can see why. Sure. And for me, I think that, you know, helping has to have this kind of a, can't have this agenda to it. I mean, I know that's yeah. why a lot of people want to do stuff, but it doesn't come off right. And in the end, people aren't going to want, people who need help may be afraid to come forward because of your whole agenda with it.
0: Well, it's interesting. I think in your example, and you're right, I've had those things where there's clearly an agenda behind it, um, where, you know, well, it's like people trying to sell you um, timeshares, right? Like, yeah, come, you get all this free stuff; it'll be great. But then you have you have to sit and listen to our thing, or we're going to pressure you so much you're going to feel like an awful human being if you don't. <laughs> so there's definitely things, and it sounds like yours was. It was interesting though, as you were talking about that, I was sort of thinking about it a little bit differently of of the, and I've done this, right, where. So you see something that makes you sad or you want to help and you have, a, you have an idea that you get excited about, right? Like, oh, my gosh, I can totally do this. And before checking with anyone, before doing anything, you start sort of doing it. And, and I've done this with like dog rescues and things like this and, and just friends, actually. Where then I start doing it and then I sort of like, here you go, like, aren't you grateful? And everyone's not grateful because that's not necessary why I'm doing it. I'm excited. I want to be helpful. And yes, we all do good things because we get something out of it and that's feeling good about ourselves. But then what what ends up happening, though, is I didn't bother to ask them. I didn't bother to learn more about it. And so whatever I created either interrupts their plans or sort of throws their agenda off course, which they've spent months, years, whatever on. Or it just, it doesn't fit or doesn't help at all because like I missed a whole piece that I just didn't know better on because I'm not in it every day. So that was one thing for me where I've seen that a lot and I've done it myself. Where are helping, helping's a great thing, but it's like you almost need, depending on what it is, is to ask the person or the thing or the whatever, what they need. Cause it's usually right, somebody who's already working on a problem, either it's another human being working on their own single problem, or it's an organization working on a problem, or community working on a problem, your best bet is to really to ask, right? What would you say about that? Yes.
1: I mean, I can't agree more. And that was kind of my other takeaway, too, is that like, and I've been guilty of this, um, just because you get excited, and you want to help, and you think you know the answer. Um, But, you know, problems that people want to need help on are complicated. Like, solving poverty or right. make sure dogs don't get euthanized all the time you know like there's not just like simple answers for them and they all work together so you truly you need to understand and ask questions like you were saying like I've noticed a lot of well-meaning people say oh I want to help these underprivileged people in this part of town and they go into a neighborhood they have no clue about have never talked to anyone from there and say and they say well they need this without even talking to people or trying to understand the actual needs. They just mm-hmm. use their experience to determine what can help. So let, let's say it's people or a government going in and saying, this area has more crime, so we need to increase police. When the community is saying, no, we don't need more police officers. We need more after school activities. So... I think it's just something us as a society and as a government and as volunteers need to check ourselves. We need to, you know, to truly help, we need to check our privilege, check our assumptions, check our own experiences and bias. And then just you do that by asking questions, listening, getting to know the community or organization you're trying to serve before you start being the know-it-all who has all the answers and then wants to push some agenda.
0: Yeah, I, and I hear what you're saying there completely and, and I think again there are people who do that. Um, I think there are also people who just don't think about it, right? There, it comes from a good place, it comes from wanting to help and it, it comes from not just not knowing better and again of what that community needs or what that person needs Um, And again, I I think a lot, I think probably the majority of people, especially everyday people versus, you know, politicians or things like that, um, but the everyday people, I think a lot of them have a good meaning behind that or reasoning behind that and just sort of stumble along the way because like you said, problems are complex and even everyday problems, right? Like even if my sister has a problem. Um, I find sometimes I'll say something and be like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. Yeah. And then, you know, I talk for five minutes cause I'm fucking brilliant about the whole thing and I'm solving yeah. all our problems. And then she says to me, no, I already tried that and here's why it didn't work. And it's like, oh, I should have just asked you if you tried this or what did you try already? Um, or maybe so,
1: like yeah. she, like, this is what I've learned. Maybe they just want to talk and they don't need your answers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. always go to, like, problem solving in my head because that's, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I like figuring out problems so it feels good to fix problems. Sure. But, like, sometimes sure. people just need to talk, you know, and just you just listen and not and be there for them instead of, you know, giving advice. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, all good meaning, and I think probably a good portion of an organization, a nonprofit
0: Hmm. Megan I lost you there I can't quite hear you can you hear me
1: yeah can you hear yeah oh,
0: can you hear we're me? back on oh okay all right sorry about that what What did you say there? I didn't hear it may have gotten recorded but if you want to repeat it that's okay
1: let's um, challenge my recall which sometimes <laughs> with my thyroid issue I have problems um, I was just saying like you know sometimes people just don't need answers. Sometimes they just like, your friends just need to listen. And then when it comes to the nonprofit side, I feel like it is a nonprofit, like 40% of a nonprofit's job is taking the well-meaning people like you and me and saying, yes, great, great idea. Wonderful. And then gently redirecting them to where they actually need the help. (laughs) Right.
0: And it's funny because another thing that had me thinking about that was I've also done this where I've been like, I totally want to help. I totally want to do this. And I'm putting it out there because I think, again, it's just human. And I go and I do and I say, hey, you know, do you guys need help in this area, This area, which is what I'm excited about and what I want to do. And they basically be like, no, everyone's helping in that area. We're, you know, we don't actually. And, we're, you know, we're sort of too many people are doing it. I've had, this, funny, I've had this. I've had that be said to me before. Where we really need you is here. And then the here where they really need me is actually something I really don't want to do. Yeah. And that's fair too. And you know what? And, and I've, and I've gone ahead and I've done it before and then I've just been crabby and I was like, not my best self because I know it's something I hate doing. And so then I'm not sure if I'm helping anyone and that's, you can say whatever you want about what that says about me. But what I'm getting at is I'm trying to sort of put out there. It's like, it's okay to ask. And it's okay if then what they say back is something that you don't want to do. That's okay too. Like, then look somewhere else. Look look where, where your excitedness and your need and your wanting to help matches where help is actually needed. Um, and and hopefully you'll find that place. And then that's really where, you, where everyone's going to be benefiting, right?
1: Totally agree. And that's how you have an effective organization that keeps volunteers for a long time, is yeah. they let volunteers' passions kind of match up with needs. You can't like try to, to fit something else in there was people are going to get frustrated and be done in a couple of months so yeah perfect yeah. so yeah that was my episode not yeah it's
0: okay nice <laughs> try. but I I it got me thinking a couple things but what was your what was yours about so mine was also from the 90s and I, I'm I'm yeah I'm finding that the 90s episodes have a lot of um like carryover like the make-believe land like there's not a lot of resolution i'm finding a lot of carryover which i don't particularly love however um i've gotten a few things so so first of all just as just an observation so we this is about broken things which there wasn't necessarily anything broken per se but um we went at the beginning we went to this I don't even know what it is. Like, you know, those things where you drop a ball in and it like drops down the thing and it triggers something else and it rolls here and it triggers something else. Yeah. And, you know, those contraptions. Like, what is like, it?
1: Like the game mouse trap.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. So we went and visited like some place who like builds these things in like huge scale. So anyway, so, okay. But like my takeaway was as he's talking to these people, I was like, it's very... Interesting to me, and it just sort of like I, it was enough that I noticed it, which is also interesting. Which was, I was like, wow, all these people aren't beautiful. All these people aren't put together. All these people are just wearing frumpy clothes, and their hair isn't in place, and they're whatever. Oh, it so just what was,
1: means I. it's <laughs> great. I was very
0: comfortable there. <laughs> but I agree. I thought it was great. But but the fact that I it, I consciously like like was like, huh. Huh, another person coming in who's just like Joe Schmo or like normal or whatever, but it was funny to me because I was like, "Wow, I must really be used to seeing everything that I witness on television or in ads or whatever—good-looking, put together, polished people." Because mm. this is standing out to me. I was like, "Isn't that weird and sort of sad?" <laughs>
1: totally i mean that is everywhere i mean not and you can go even further and say not just totally beautiful polished people but a certain type of beautiful people yes. like they tends to be very white it tends to not include people with disabilities or all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so yeah and good for him for you know really being thoughtful about that
0: well, I think that's right. I think it's it's it was. I was like, I like because the other episodes were like that too. He he talks a very diverse crowd, and like you say, it's not just race or gender. It's everything. It's it's disabilities. It's preferences. It's um, uh, economic part uh, station in life. It's everything, and and so I think I thought I thought that was I thought it was great from his perspective, and also just sort of like isn't that interesting i'm really my brain must be totally used to just seeing like polished people and 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 sort of how sad is that for me then when i look in the mirror like i normally do and i'm not polished and so it's like oh well what does that do to our psyche i don't know maybe that's a longer conversation different different episode um anyway i'm gonna move on if that's all right with you yes um what are the other things um that he did when he talked to this guy who was building these things, he, he said, he asked him, he said, was this something you've always liked to do? Like, when did you start doing this when you were younger? Or, you know, again, sort of like, did, was this something you always liked and enjoyed even as a kid? And I, I'd say pretty much everyone that he's talked to that's sort of like created their own business or like doing a, a something, he's asked that question to. Um, and they've all basically responded like, yes, this is what I enjoyed as a kid. And it just, I don't know, it just sort of sparked this thing for me, which was, and I've thought about this before, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties and, you know, I'm actually at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, what's next? Um, I left behind a career, Megan, you're in the same boat. And, and we're kind of like, okay, wh- what's happening now? Like, what do we do now? And one of the things that I did initially, and I kind of forgot until this this came up again, which was to look back on my childhood and be like, what did I enjoy doing as a kid? What did I like? What did I want to be? Because is there not some passion that's still in me? And maybe that's where it starts and we just forget about it over time. And we need to, if we're lost, like, think back to when you're a kid. Think back to what you loved and were passionate about. You know, I don't think we change that much. We might still find our, our passion in life by doing that
1: I love that and I'm super curious if you don't mind sharing like one thing that you thought of that you loved as a kid
0: well I I, I guess it was more like what did I want to be when I grew up but, but now that you say it like that it's different right and what did I love as a kid I actually liked I liked sort of creating things i liked and i'm not wouldn't say i'm like um i won't say like i'm on the left brain creative type the things that i like will draw or create are very like structured or very sort of sharp edged almost for lack better way to put it um but i really enjoyed that i really like creating things in any capacity but it was less about you know drawing wonderful pictures and whatever it was more about like drawing like intricate like patterns and like very left brain stuff but i really enjoyed that
1: that's interesting and i totally see that in you as a human as working with you and being your friend too
0: Hmm. it's yeah
1: you think about your childhood self and like i don't i just remember people would always ask me what i want to be and i remember i never had an like an answer i just wanted to be an adult so People could stop telling me what to do. I remember I, I would just be like, "I want to be 18." Like that was my answer. I just want to be 18 so I could do what I want. I was a little jerk. Um, <laughs> but then we Like I think that's the next question is not like what did you want to be? Because like, yeah. I don't know, if you want to be an astronaut? Let's be real, you're never going to be that. Except I maybe my co- be,
0: I I wanted to be a spy. I'm still it's mm-hmm. still on the list. Oh, an international spy. That would have- be fun. We're <laughs> like set up shop
1: locally and like spy on cheating wives and husbands. Awesome.
0: <laughs> Maybe, yeah, like a PI or something. I like that. All right, all right.
1: Asking the next question is like, what did I like to do? Because I also remember I wrote a lot. Like, mm. I I had little journals. They are so creepy looking back. Actually, like any parent should be warning sign, warning sign. This kid has major major anxiety. Like I remember one like one drawing i had was um it was a poem called high by high i die and it was a picture of me opening the door and there was a stranger there with a knife and then he stabs me so Aww. like I, I probably was like 6 like why okay maybe you should stop watching unsolved mysteries with me in the room parents like or
0: <laughs> seriously <laughs>
1: you know i i don't know like turn the date line off while megan's in the room cuz she's an totally anxiety freak and she'll create these stories in her head and believe them uh, but yeah throughout my childhood a lot of times when i had i had rough patches in my childhood and some trauma a lot of what i went to was writing and it's something i still enjoy today so that's good i'm going to keep asking myself that and chewing
0: right. on that. right i love that and and Well, maybe in another episode we'll talk about you did write a book that you're working to get published, so um, hopefully we'll see that someday, and it's fantastic.
1: The wonderful, horrible, wonderful, sickening, great writing a book story. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 10,000 motions in one when you say that. I'm like, oops, it was great. Uh, I'm still not done. It's never going to be done.
0: (laughs) Crap is not easy though, for dang sure. Um, So what are the other and, and so we go to Make Believe Land, and, yeah, not, you know, again, I don't like the continued episodes. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I still love Mr. Rogers, and I'm still getting stuff out of it. And he ended with something that I love, um, but we went to Make Believe Land, and in it, King Friday, just, he gets pits, pissed and basically throws a tantrum and like, breaks something. Um, and we come back, and Mr. Rogers is like, you know, isn't it scary when, when adults break things and there's a when they get angry and then what he does is he sings this song um, and what do you do with these mad feelings or something like that and it's actually from the movie which inspired us to start with these podcasts in the first place um, they talk about it in the movie and he says some of these I think he sings that song um, and basically the song is you know so what do you do when you get so mad you can bite Mm -hmm. um side note I was a biter as a kid so that totally resonated um and then also what do you do when nothing's going right um you know he talks about sort of doing physical things and when you're angry running um I mean he talks about it from a kid's point of view but like running and, and and sort of getting it out banging on something so that was interesting it was like you know teaching people or kids and me to do something physical right to like let it out to like but like using your physical body to do that um and i think there's there's a lot of makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of energy anger brings and you got to do something with it you can't just bury it because it sort of stays there and does turns on other things but um So that was interesting about sort of just physically sort of getting rid of it. Um, But then he talks about the thing that, you know, that I love, which is, you know, you isn't it nice to know that you can stop, though, when you want, which basically is like, stop yourself. He says, stop yourself when you're doing something wrong. Um, Stop yourself um, when you've created a situation that isn't good and you didn't know any better, but now you're in it. Um, so, and, and I think just stopping yourself from being mad and it comes back to this, what is anger? What is, you know, frustration? And, and at some level, it's a choice. Um, and when he talks about stopping when you want, really saying how important that is because it makes you feel so good. And he doesn't say it like this, but it's like there's a power in that and there's a safety in knowing that you can stop. Um, and, and just sort of like, the, it, it just struck me as like this lovely Choice and then this lovely idea that it's important to know you can stop because that feeling is what you want to be part of you. And he says something like that too. I'm not getting it all right, but the feeling of being able to stop. Um, so yeah,
1: and that's so important for kids to know. Like, first of all, the you can let your anger out in positive ways that are physical. Like, so I most of the time kids are not told that's okay. Like parents freak out if they're stomping around or doing that, but like that is actual energy that you have to shake off and even really like, true. us as humans like sometimes I shake my hands when I'm annoyed or I'm getting frustrated or angry and just like imagine it like coming off of me but kids need to be told that and honestly a lot of times girls are told not to do that and yeah, yeah. maybe it's okay for boys to do that but sometimes there's in you know in the past I, I remember as a me as a girl is like that's not ladylike or whatever Uh, and hopefully people are not teaching their kids that going now in this era but I'm sure some are so what a good thing to say like it's just okay and then the whole stop thing that really was a breakthrough for me like in my late 20s was like I can just stop and flip the script like I can literally just say no I'm not going to do this anymore and Um, like for example, past relationships, if we get an argument, like I don't have to keep arguing to prove that I'm right. I can just say, this is stupid. I'm done with it. Like, let's, let's agree to not, let's agree to disagree and just stop and talk about it later. And it wasn't really until I found my current partner who is reasonable and the last guy too, um, (laughs) like that was possible because I don't know when you're in a safe, great relationship that is like, something you learn. It's like, we can just stop. Like, people get in little tiffs, and let's just stop ourselves and agree to chill out and flip the script. And I just, and just your mood, too. Like, I've been in bad moods before. And even recently, I was just in a poor mood because a neighbor said something about some community thing that's going on that kind of irked me. And I was like, well, why don't you actually do something about it? Come to the dang meetings. And I was like, they're not, I'm literally, like, walking around grumpy being like, like. <laughs> Stop complaining, do something about it. And then I'm like, now I'm all mad and upset. And like, what am I doing? Like, I just let her totally take over my mood for like 10 minutes. And I just said, nope, not gonna do it. And literally just took a few deep breaths and said, Okay, flipping the script. Let's move on.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, right? Because she's probably not even thinking about it anymore. Right. And really, your anger and your frustration, it's all it's hurting is you, and it's just eating away at you. And you're the one who's control. You're the one who can let it go or to keep holding on to it. And it's so funny how we we seem we want to hold on to it for some reason. And for for me, you know, I um, I a long term relationship um, lived with the guy for 13 years, and it just sort of imploded one weekend. Um, and that's of course a lot of things built up to it from on both our sides. Um, but it just sort of you know you know, the, the house of cards just sort of came down um, all at once. Um, and it, and I was so utterly destroyed and so hurt. I found all of a sudden through that, like all the anger that I had realized I was carrying around with me since childhood just sort of like came out. Like I was ripped open and everything just oozed out. Um, and since then it's merely made me realize the difference between who I was before that and who I am now and really how much anger was a part of my life and how I held on to it and how it was part of who I was and how it was part of my strength and my power, um, and my just my resilience and my defense. And And I think that comes, you know, as a kid, sometimes you need that, but like it's just I, I, I'm, I'm with you of now. I, I, it's such a choice to me to be angry. and, and I realize it's not fun. I, I feel icky, physically, mentally. Like in and, and it's only hurting me. No one else gives a crap. I'm you know what I mean? Like everyone's long gone who's pissed me off or made me mad. It's just me. And it's just it's it's nice. This is nice also. Um I screamed for the first time in my car for in years and years the other day. And I was like, Yeah, I gotta do more of this. But again, oh. releasing <laughs> yes. But anyway, releasing and then just again, yeah, not not holding on to it as much. Some, it seems real hard to let it go and it still can be, um, but it's such an interesting thing. How, why that's so hard?
1: Well, it's contagious too. And if you're around people mm-hmm. who tend to do that, it's real easy to pick that habit up. And I don't know, for me in like certain work environments I've been in, that's, that was like the go-to and that was the vibe and the energy in the company. And um, when you decide to not let yourself be a part of that, you it gets a lot easier to not automatically go to that negative, angry, victim thinking kind of
0: thing. Isn't that so, interesting? Those strong emotions, especially the negative ones, are real catchy, aren't they? Sure are, You almost don't even know that you they've they've seeped in until it's it's a long time later, and you look back and think, why was I behaving that way? <laughs> but, I mean, it's like you the people you surround your it, the
1: more and more I look at it. The people you choose to be around, it really impacts your life. And it choosing does. to be around people who are working to improve themselves and improve their community or their whatever, just doing good in this world or doing good for themselves and their families, like inspiring people inspire you and positive people get you thinking positively. And i just, the older I get, I'm done with the nonsense with negative people. Like, yeah. I just, I don't want that taking up my energy because it does take your energy.
0: Isn't that true? And and I think you're absolutely right. And it, it I mean, we all can go, we all can be negative and, you know, we can't, you know, so no, no, I can be negative and And, but, it but even when those of us who are close to us and who, who give a positive thing, our, our positive forces in our life overall can be negative, but really that's, and that's an opportunity for us, right, to to check ourselves and to be aware of what we do when we're around them like that. Are we do we contribute positively back or do we reflect their negativity? And what does that mean? And how how can we stop that? It's all it's an opportunity. I find for me, it's an opportunity to learn even when the good people in my life um, are not in a good place, which we're all not in good places all, you know, plenty of times. Um, it gives me an opportunity to figure out how I want to uh, react in response.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not that black and white where it's like people are good or bad, but you know, the folks in your life that are like usually the downers and, and like to commiserate and yeah. you know, when that's healthy and not, at least for me, I, you know, for me taking some space from those relationships over the last couple of years, has helped me because those weren't positive relationships in general. And I need to work myself on being positive. So I need yeah. all the help I can get. I can't be around Debbie <laughs> Donald. So I'll get in that with her. And <laughs> yeah. I, don't, you know, I don't want to anymore.
0: I agree. Me too. That's something I continue to work on every day. I still have a lot of work to go. Um, so is there, well, is there anything else that we want to chat about today? We're coming up on our time. Always goes quick. I mean, I just, I think we got a lot of these episodes that kind of were
1: bummers. Um, we are noticing that thing that the 90s are not as great as the 80s versions. So maybe they had to, like, pick up steam. Like, they, the, the 90s ones always are like, well, we'll pick that up next time and answer that question. Maybe they had to do that to, like, keep a, the, the audience captive.
0: <laughs> so so the kids, yeah. They-
1: turn on Rogers tomorrow. I've got to find out how to solve this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, SEO sounds like some quote unquote marketing genius. Yeah. Got a hold of the nineties <laughs> episodes and was like, let's just do a continuing saga a new guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> boo, boo, that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, for those of you out there who have not heard the mad song, I think it's called um, what to do with your mad feelings. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on the, on the internet. It's a fun, cute song. Actually, I love all Mr. Rogers' songs. Um, they make me feel good. I hum them the rest of the day. Um, so if you need something positive, find a Mr. Rogers song. Um, but that uh, does wrap it up for us today. Uh, Megan, thank you very much for all your great stuff today. Thank you, Kim, as well. You bet. Um, and thanks to those of you listening. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. Um, and thank you, of course, to Mr. Rogers for another two Great! I'll call him great episodes. I'm gonna go with great. He's still he's still doing it. He's still providing us good conversation and thinking. Um, you know, he did it for like 800 years, so you know <laughs> it's gonna get tough after a while. But uh, thank you again, <laughs> Mr. Rogers, for your episodes. Um, it does give us a lot to think about and talk about. Uh, before we sign off, we will leave you with one of our favorite quotes from the man himself, Mr. Rogers, and he says, "You've made this day a special day by just your being you." There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. We can't agree more. Bye, everybody.